today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, it's Super Bowl week, and one of Brian's nemesis when it comes to debating sports, Jason Stewart of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast joins us, and I'll let them bicker about the game a little, but this is a wrestling podcast, so we'll be talking about the importance of championships and the greatest of all time, the GOATs as they say, for the king of sports, pro wrestling. Nobody knows more about championships and GOATs than a referee. Well, more than you. Do you? <laughs> All right, plus, your promo about nothing later and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 145, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. Now he is a Ring of Honor wrestler. He is still Mr. Inside Edition. He is on his way, happy, rested to Texas, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. I've already been to Texas, wrestled, and I'm back. Who knows? By this point, me and the Bruiser could be... Uh number one contenders for the ring of honor world tag team championships mike you never know you never know but we are recording uh we'll peel back the curtain as we tend to do we're recording on thursday evening i'm not yeah but i'm not peeling it back too much here and talking about (laughs) what's gonna happen because last time i did that everything got fucked up (laughs) and nothing that was talked about happened so you'll just have to read the results and then we'll talk about them next week? Yeah, sure. Oh, because yeah, it it's, 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 on it's on TV taping. Yeah, streaming live on Honor Club, which if you don't have a subscription to Honor Club, I don't know what you're doing with your life. I really don't know what I'm doing with my life, Brian. But anyway. <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> so the Royal Rumble, we are not discussing the Royal Rumble. They would have taken place last night as this is dropping. Royal Rumble? What's What's that? Well, it's the kind of shows we used to talk about before you got uh, scared to talk about WWE. Oh, is that old WWF stuff? People still watch that? Yeah, ex- exactly, <laughs> Brian. Of course I know what the Royal Rumble is. Who knows? Maybe I was a surprise entrant. <laughs> I know you weren't. <laughs> and uh, so, Of course not, because I'm in Texas, not in Arizona. Right, and we are barred from talking about the Royal Rumble by you, so that's uh, what's going on there. Oh, oh, I mean, if you want, Mike, we can go back to recording after pay-per-views. Whew. Maybe we'll just have I mean, fun. You're, you're pinning it on me, but it, I mean, I seem to remember one half of this duo whining considerably over their workload uh, when we were recording after pay-per-views. But we'll just have fun on Sunday, right? Just watch the show uh, laxadaisically and enjoy and perhaps uh, put down a couple of M&Ms or I'm itchy. Skittles. I'm itchy, Mike. I need, <laughs> I need the action, baby. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Two Royal Rumbles to gamble on. <laughs> that is. Uh, that's, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, you know, I got lots of money in my pocket. Double your pleasure, double your pain, probably, when it comes to the Royal Rumble. On... Well, yours. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so uh, no Royal Rumble talk, but we're going to have a great topic here. We're talking about, uh, well, kind of the upcoming Super Bowl and kind of transitioning it into a uh, wrestling talk. But that's in just a moment. But first, let's talk about BrianMalonis.com, the home of the T-shirts of the Kingpin. You know it. You love it. Go there. Buy a t-shirt. They look great. They're delivered wonderfully to you. I don't know. Go order one. There's a flash sale that's already passed now this weekend. Uh, might still be going on this morning. Nice flash sale. That'll save you a couple beans. But yeah, go visit BrianMalonis.com. Get yourself a t-shirt. Get yourself a WPAN Curtain Jerker t-shirt. Then, hey, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. The next person that buys a Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt, I'll give you a call. Whoa! How about that? A call? Only the WPAN Curtain Jerker t-shirt, though. The next person that buys one. All right, well, get right on top of that, folks. Well, people better be rushing out right now. Well, I was going to say that you're doing a very poor job of promoting the t-shirts, but, I mean, come on. That's Who would want to call from me? <laughs> it gets no better than that. It's nothing higher but maybe I'll, than a call from Kingpin. I'll, well, I'll, I'll make it so we're, me and you are together when we do the call. Well, I don't know about you get that. a call from me and Mike the next time we record together. Is that really a... Uh... Yeah, there you go. 
That's something for the people who might want? I think so. Okay. Uh, also, astromaniaLSW.com. I'll promote that for you since you often fail to. <laughs> I was on point last week, baby. Big show, March yes. 30th. Yes, pro wrestling returns to the Granite State, the great state of New Hampshire, my home state, my hometown of Derry, New Hampshire, uh, Pinkerton Academy. It's to uh, all to benefit the Pinkerton Academy class of 2019. Happy to partner with Liberty States Pro Wrestling and their proprietor, Todd Sopel, uh, who's been a fantastic partner you know, thus far. And, um, you know, tickets are moving, uh, especially like this past week. Uh, tickets Rolling sales. in as we're sitting here. Yeah. Yeah, ticket sales uh, have definitely picked up, so uh, I don't know an exact count. I guess that makes me a bad promoter, but that's yep. why you set ticket limits on the uh, on the on the ticket website to not, to not oversell floor seating. So uh, I don't know where we're currently stand, but if I were you and you're planning on going to the show and you want some floor seats, go get them now. AstromaniaLSW.com because uh, they moving. And the last website we're going to talk about here is our website for the podcast, the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. So much you can do over there. You can listen to the podcast right there through the website if you happen to be on your desktop computer or something like that. You can also find the ways to subscribe to the podcast, all the various podcast platforms, including Spotify and iHeartRadio. We are on both those platforms now, so you can find the ways to subscribe. Go to our social media. Find our social media links and follow us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Snapchat. I don't even think is on there, but we have one at the WPAN. We are at the WPAN Mike, on just Mike, every platform. Mike wants you to send lots of nudes to our Snapchat. There's nothing wrong with that. And speaking of nudes, <laughs> we got photos on the WPAN.com and our bios. So go check out our website. Full the frontal w- nudity. <laughs> Coming soon to the WPAN.com. We are being joined by a wrestling ring announcer and commentator here in New England and one of the hosts of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, which is now part of the Rundown Wrestling Network. He is a good friend of the show. It's Mark Green himself, Jason Stewart. Hello, sir. Hey, guys. It's awesome to uh, be here and uh, to get to be on the WPAN proper this time. I think the last time I was here was a bonus episode, and so it's really cool to get to uh, hang out with you, Mike, again. And, uh, you know, Kingpin's here, too, so I'm sure we'll do plenty of arguing. And uh, <laughs> I- I'm-, I'm sure the Kingpin called me because he wanted some hot takes on this episode, right? Why else would we have you on? Of course, I want hot takes. All right. Jason well, I'm, a- I'm your guy then, so. <laughs> I was reading some of your hot takes from last year on Facebook today. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, 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 I- I'm sure we can go. Go through some of your old posts and hold them up to current reality, if you will. No, no, no. I go back and delete those. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's no less than honorable, sir. No proof, baby. No <laughs> proof. <laughs> and that's what all wrestlers should be doing, if you really think about it. Uh, especially, yeah. Uh, yeah. say so. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're a racist or homophobic or just hate some group of people for some really dumb reason or decided that it was a good idea to tweet about it. And then got signed to WWE. Yeah. There's like an app for that thing. <laughs> just uh, every pro wrestler out there listening to this and tell your friends, just go delete all your old tweets, please. Yeah. Yeah. For the love of God, please. Because mm-hmm. the second you get signed, you know there's people sitting there looking for something on you. It's just the world we live in today. It sure is. That's why I, uh, I just delete things and I really don't, post anything all that controversial anyways i'm pretty i'm an asshole but um <laughs> i'm not a hate-filled asshole <laughs> there you go well that's that's a bumper sticker right there for the wpan merch store <laughs> and most of your posts brian most of your tweets seem to be football related the more controversial ones uh yeah yeah there's lots of crybabies out there who can't take it i think our good friend jason here he, he you match me sometimes uh, in that department well the thing is and, and a lot of people seem to mistake my my comments for patriots haterism it's not that so much as it is i just and i think brian you'll probably agree with me it's not the patriots themselves it's more the fans they're just the patriots fans are just insufferable rabbit ears just oversensitive you can't say i mean i I, at one point i remember fans getting mad at me because i called brady the second greatest quarterback of all time like only one guy, in my opinion, had, at that point had ever, had, that played the game was better than him. But that was somehow a slap in the face. <laughs> you're a hater. Yeah, that's how that works, pretty much. <laughs> Unless you're worshiping at the altar, you're a hater. But yeah, it's just... And, and the funniest part to me is that th- these are the same fan base, largely, that trash all over their own Red Sox and Celtics and Bruins. But if anyone whispers anything about the Patriots, they lose their minds. Yeah, figure that one out. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I have no time for it, really. 
Well, as everyone is realizing, you guys love talking about your football. And there's a big game, as we mentioned earlier, coming up this coming Sunday, from what I understand, Brian. That's uh, Can we call it? the super bowl because you know some people aren't allowed to call it the super bowl and some so you gotta call it the big game i don't really understand the whole logistics here well i think if we were trying to sell something then and yeah i think i then think we'd be able to use it uh, i prefer super <laughs> <laughs> well fred smurless <laughs> inside uh new england thing for the people out there uh so super bowl it's the who it's the uh the Patriots and the L.A. Rams, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Mike. You're up to speed on your football. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I do my research, especially you know when it comes to the wrestling podcast about nothing. Well, for the most part, Brian. Yeah, that's debatable. I think. <laughs> so I think we'll get into a little later your Super Bowl talk. I hope a little bit later because we don't want to drive people away in droves from a pro wrestling podcast talking about football here. Well, if a host that doesn't watch pro wrestling at all uh, doesn't drive our fans away, I don't think a little football talk is going to do it. Mike, what do you think, Jason? Uh, well, I'm just happy because on the plus side, it's probably the one time Malonis and I will have a sports conversation where we will be on the same page somewhat. So <laughs> That is very true. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the possibility of a championship coming here to New England again. So talking about championships when it comes to professional wrestling the importance of the professional wrestling championship title what in your opinion brian is the importance of a championship in pro wrestling i mean for one that we, we can talk about like the championship the you know in wwe it's the two of them the universal and the wwe championship and ring of honor it's the ring of honor world championship but that to me signifies the person that is the face of your company, the person that you're building around, the, the one you're expecting to, to move merchandise or drive ratings or people want to see him lose, so that's why they tune in. He's the person you know, really driving the fans to your product, and he, he's supposed to be the center of attention. And Jason, do you think that the championships uh, in wrestling these days are getting the do they deserve? The fans are never going to be happy with who the champion is. They're always going to want some other guy that they like better to be the champion. So the belts sort of, in terms of public uh, perception, I think, take a little bit of a hit for that. Uh, if you listen to Bruce Pritchard, and I haven't in a while, but I used to, um, <laughs> and if you listen to him, his, his constant refrain is that the belts are props and people get way too worked up about them. But to Brian's point, I think it really is, especially for the boys, uh, an endorsement that the company believes in you, that they, they're putting their faith and their trust behind you and that you're the face of their company. So I think it does matter. It probably matters more in the locker room than it really does in the arena, if you will. Well, the belts are certainly props, but that's not because they are props. It's because they've been treated as such. I mean, if they were treated as real sports championships, like the you know the Lombardi, is it the Lombardi Trophy in, uh, in football, then maybe they'd uh, have more significance to the fans, to the people in charge. I, don't, I just don't understand. Okay, the belts are props, but I mean, yeah, that's why no one cares as much as they used to about these things. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's a piece of it, but at at the same time, like I think about, uh, and again, I go I go to what I know, and and because because I have firsthand knowledge, and and I'm in that locker room, and I know the level of respect that Jay Lethal has amongst the guys in the locker room, in my mind, and and a lot of people's mind, probably almost everybody in the locker room, Jay Lethal is is the rightful champion because he's legitimately the best wrestler in the world today. He's unbelievable, and and he deserves that spot. And I, I think you're right, Jason. You hit the nail on the head. Thinking about it from that from that standpoint, the amount of respect that he has inside that locker room is incredible, uh, and that goes hand in hand with him being the face of the company and and the world champion. But even to drill my point home a little further, you, t you talk about the respect that Jay has in the locker room, and I'm certainly deserving uh, based on his accomplishments. But in terms of how it's presented in front of the audience, and, and we talk about the belt being a prop, they've got somebody running around with a belt that's that's a copy of Jay's belt and, and proclaiming themselves champion. So there's no greater example of using the belt as a prop than that. Well, I mean, when it comes to the championships, though, we are guys from the Northeast, we grew up on Hulk Hogan, and we never saw the championship defended on TV, save for like Saturday night's main event or another special occasion. Is that what you look to when you think of a, a champion, Brian? You look, you think about you know the guy you grew up with. 
Yeah, I mean, Hulk Hogan being the flag bearer, the champion, the face of the company. Uh, and it was special every time you did get to see him. You very rarely would see him defend the uh, the championship on TV unless it was something like Saturday Night's main event. So you knew it was... You knew it was a really, a really big deal, you know, and I, I think that's a piece of it too. You know, you see the belt on TV every week. You, well, maybe not so much. Uh, it's funny how people, how upset people get about the Brock Lesnar stuff, and when you think about the fact that a guy like Hogan and for the way TV was in the in the 80s, you know, he wasn't he wasn't on TV every single week out there defending his belt or, or even cutting promos. That's a good example, though, but I think it, it illustrates really how times have changed when you talk about Hogan and, and not appearing on TV, because at that time, there was not live TV. There was not 18 hours of programming from the WWE every single week. Um, so there's there's just too much time to fill now, and that belt, in order to have value, needs to be visible. I think, honestly, a lot of people don't even look forward to watching a universal title match at this point because they just don't care the belt has no value to them it's not defended it's not being shown by the company to be a priority and i think that's really given that belt a hit and you look at the heat now that daniel bryan and aj styles are getting for the heavyweight championship on the other brand and i think it just shows you the benefit of having that title there every week it doesn't have to be defended and the champion doesn't have to wrestle but having it visible and having it be something the fans can see makes a big difference yeah, and I think the Hulk Hogan, Brock Lesnar comparisons are kind of overblown because I do believe Hulk Hogan was on TV just about every week. If he wasn't, I mean, he definitely wasn't in the ring, but he was always doing promo segments, whether it be for the house shows coming up locally or, you know, on that little stand with Mean Gene Okerlund or Brother Love Show. Hulk Hogan was a presence on TV week in and week out, unlike Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it. I, I just don't think it's... I, I I struggle with it a little bit because every time Brock Lesnar is there, it feels like something special, and and when you actually get to see him fight on pay per view, it feels like something special. And I I, I don't know, it would feel the same if he, if he was just on TV for fifty two episodes and on twelve pay per views a year. See, and I'd agree that it feels special. It used to feel special when Brock would show up, but now even the way they're promoting him, it's just he comes out, it's the same shtick. Paul cuts a promo, he stands there, does his little shoulder dance, and you know, a little bit back and forth, and that's pretty much it. It doesn't feel special because at this point, you just know you're not going to see him wrestle. You're not really going to see any physicality. It's You're going to see him stand in the corner while Paul cuts a promo. And I think we've just sort of gotten to the point where, especially in this business, there's so much amazing new content that's available. And we talked about it in the past, Brian. If you don't like something you're watching, change it. Go find something else. There's a ton of other options. But if the option you're getting is just the same thing over and over and over again, and every time you turn on and watch this guy, he's doing the same thing, you're going to be less excited to see him next time. But it's like it's like everything else. They're going to respond when it hits them hardest, which is in the in the pocketbook, and that's for any real company, especially any any content producer. Uh, if you're producing content that the fans aren't consuming, then you got to change course. Um, you know, I, th- I think you've seen some of the changing of course with WWE recently, but still, and, and I don't know what the ratings look like, but. I still think there's that buzz when when Brock Lesnar's around and uh, it, it increases their their ratings and increases their visibility and and that's the other thing with Brock Lesnar is his mainstream appeal uh, or, or his, his mainstream visibility, especially with his notoriety from from UFC. And I would argue a tiny bit that I think the ratings spike even more when John Cena is on. And I think the difference there being that, you know, typically when Cena is on, he's going to get involved physically. He's going to do something. He's going to cut a promo on somebody. You have no idea what he's going to do when he shows up. And like I said, with Brock, it's basically the same script every time. One thing we can say about Brock, though, that he, as a champion, has slowed down the frequency of title changes, which really became a problem in the late 90s. And I think it really lent to the devaluing of championship belts, the Attitude Era, you know, the Russo booking, if you want to really go there, is... uh, I would say a large reason that championships aren't viewed the same way they used to be, especially, you know, when they introduced the hardcore title, the 24-7 rule, just multiple title changes within the same match, just made a mockery of uh, championships as a whole. And I really think that took the entire concept of a championship title down a number of notches. One other argument that I think is sort of invalid, though, is the 
the amount of championships argument. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll, you'll, <laughs> I feel, I feel like uh, this is gonna be like Mike Mills is gonna feel like I'm picking on him, but I feel like this comes a lot from like the traditional wrestling sort of fans. But then I think about how many belts the freaking NWA had, you know, in the, you know, in the eighties. And it's the Western heritage championship was a very prestigious title, Brian. I mean, I'm not arguing that, you know, that's, that goes without question, but, uh, you know, the amount of championships, um, I'm not sure that that argument holds any any water today as far as like the value of championships because, uh, you know, I, I I don't know that the existence of one belt cheapens the if you if you've done your job and built up, you know, a championship. I don't know that the existence of another one cheapens it at all. Yeah, there was a time in pro boxing where I think pretty much everybody that was signed to WBO or WBC was a champion of some type. They had so many different weight classes and divisions, uh, but it never took away the excitement and anticipation of a big, big time heavyweight championship fight. And I think wrestling can be booked the exact same way uh, if it's done right. But what do you think, going back to the frequency of title changes, what do you think that did to the value of championship belts, Jason? Well, you used the phrase there, the Russo booking, and I am far from the last person that's going to, I'm, the first, I'm not the first person that's going to defend Russo. In fact, I'm actually blocked by him on Twitter, and I take that as a great badge of honor. Um, <laughs> but uh, I will say this, the one, the one thing, if you're going to give Russo credit, the one thing you can give him credit for is the way he booked that show everybody had character development and even the mid-card angles had storylines for their pay-per-view matches and their their championships were booked the same way the championships were booked to feel important the guys fighting for them were important now it helps when you have guys the caliber of stone cold and the rock and and legends and all-time greats going for those belts and kurt angle etc triple h but he did put importance on the belts when in the way he booked, and not even just the heavyweight championship belt. The Intercontinental belt had storylines around it. Even the European title was made to feel prestigious at times under Russo. So he did at least take that aspect of his booking seriously. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that is kind of the era of the flip flopping of championships and some some interesting reigns along the way and some so certainly some interesting lineage of the title in that particular era of of WWE when you think about the attitude era i mean i i it's the era i always go back to because i think i've just you know at this point in my life i've completely romanticized it and it can do no wrong in my eyes but i think about the 80s and the importance of the intercontinental championship you knew it was not on the level of the of the World Wrestling Federation Championship, but man, did it feel like something special. It felt important. I mean, it, it usually I think the Intercontinental Champion. Correct me if I'm wrong, but main evented. He was the headliner of the of the B shows. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think I think of when Savage as a heel held that title. Uh, and he would talk about Hulk Hogan and talk about being the number one contender, even though he wasn't in a program with them. But man, did that championship feel important in that in that era? Well, and to sort of draw a parallel to today, I think we're we're staring down the barrel of a women's championship main eventing a WrestleMania, if you know, believe the stories and and sort of read the tea leaves. So that those titles have clearly had great emphasis placed on them of late. And something you hear very rarely these days in promos is someone saying, I want that championship. It's always some other issue involved, like with you know Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. It's always a, a personal issue, which personal issues are great for building up excitement and enthusiasm for, for a match. But very rarely these days is it about, I want the championship, which kind of takes away from it. But what do you think, guys... I think we can agree that maybe the championships have taken a bit of a hit. I mean, Brian likes Brock and the SmackDown side of things, especially with the World Championship, seems to be doing well. What can be done to improve the status of uh, you know World Championships in wrestling? Well, I mean, I, th- I think a little bit of what you just said, Mike, and, and that's sometimes it should just be about the championship. Sometimes it should just be about the fact that I am a pro wrestler and I want that championship belt that you have and I'm going to come beat you and, and take it. And that's why this is so important. Not because, you know, we used to be tag partners, not because of whatever silly issue that was created backstage in a backstage vignette. It, it's just because I want to be the best. Holding that title means you're the best and I want to beat you and become the best. I think I think sometimes that it's completely okay, even in television pro wrestling. What do you think, Jason? So I, I think you sort of touched on my opinion sort of in the way you laid out the question, because 
I, I think it's good the way things are right now because I think you have a little bit of everything. And wrestling doesn't have to be all things for all people. And the more options and different ways you can present something – the more likely it is that you're going to find something you like. So if you look on Raw and you've got Brock Lesnar and that championship isn't there all too often and it's made to feel important when he shows up, whenever that is. And then you look at AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and they're there every week and that feels important when they're there. So depending on what you like, there's an option out there. And then if you're like me and you're sort of an older school guy, you can look at a product like Ring of Honor, like uh, the Kingpin said earlier, or even like NXT within the same WWE blanket there where i feel like that's more of old school booking the champion isn't on tv all the time in matches it's very rarely defended on tv but the champion's there doing promos keeping his face in front of the crowd that is your old school personal feuds guys who just want to be the best the the championship has import there and i think that's an option for you too so depending on what you're looking for they present a brand that will give you what you're looking for i think that's actually smart business at least someone brought up Ring of Honor in the conclusion of this little uh, piece there, Brian. Always with you, huh? Always something with you. All right, let's move on. Uh, Brian, I don't know if you know this, but the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl this coming Sunday. And there's a lot of talk about the quarterback of that sports franchise and the fact that he may be the greatest of all time. You alluded to the fact that you think he's number two. Who's number one? No, I mean, at this point, you know, whatever. He's the greatest. <laughs> enthusiastically said so we're talking about the greatest of all time let's flip it over to wrestling who in your opinion let's start with you jason would be the greatest of all time the goat of pro wrestling i i may not have a popular opinion here and i know there are some people that will agree with me but anybody who knows me already knows what the answer to this question is because it's been my answer for a very very long time for me it's always been Shawn michaels that's sort of the era where i really I mean, I, I came in towards the end of the Hulk Hogan, the, the big Hulk Hogan boom. And the next guy that I really sort of connected with at that level of sort of really just appreciating him as a performer and, and all the little idiosyncrasies he brought to the match. Uh, Shawn Michaels for me was always the best. And, and to me, you can talk about total championships won and you can talk about, you know, pay-per-view, but... This is a guy who, no matter where he was on the car, no matter who he was working with, you knew you were going to get the best in-ring performance he could get out of that match every single time he went out there. And I always just appreciated that, even as a young fan. Now, is this something, I know there's a term, Brian, five-tool players. That's a thing, right? Yep, that's that's a thing in baseball. Yeah, more baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, close enough. Would you say that someone who is the greatest of all time would have to have all the tools at the highest level, the in-ring action, the promos, the look, the gimmick, the charisma, would all of that have to be involved to call someone the greatest of all time? Um, I think for the most part you should have yeah you should have a good amount of those attributes you know i mean i think you know where my answer is gonna go uh (laughs) but um i think in wrestling like any other form of entertainment it's marketability it's sellability it's popularity it's you know being a great in-ring performer is is real nice but the name of the game in pro wrestling is is butts and seats, my friend, and and you got to have a guy. I think you got to be a guy who put butts and seats to be considered the greatest of all time. I think that's where it, where it starts. Uh, let me just put on my my tinfoil hat here. Get the crystal ball out. You're saying the greatest of all time, Ric Flair. I think that's probably what Mike Mills is yelling at his uh, iPhone or whatever he's listening to us on. <laughs> it might be. No, Rick, I mean, Ric Flair is great. I think he's on the Mount Rushmore, but I think the, the George Washington, the the greatest of all time, you know, if, if we're making a pro wrestling uh, Mount Rushmore, it's Hulk Hogan. I mean, he he was at the center of two different boom periods, the two greatest boom periods in the business history. He was central to both i mean he was the protagonistic babyface who uh, became this mainstream celebrity in the 80s he i mean even people now i mean he personified an entire decade the only pro wrestler to be on the cover of sports illustrated still to this day and then so many years later reinventing himself as a heel and being at the center of 
the hottest storyline uh, for a, a good stretch there, and certainly the hottest storyline in WCW history. So opposite ends of the coins, I mean, you got to be versatile too. This guy was at the center of two booms in wrestling as completely, you know, opposite characters. Incredible. And I, I would kind of agree with both of you. <laughs> when it comes to overall, I would say Hulk Hogan, just in terms of, like you said, his, his name value, his drawing power, it's really tough to argue against it besides you know the the work rate not quite and he did what he had to do and what was required of him at that time in that time period for that uh promotion uh, he was perfect in that role but i I think sean michaels is a more of the 5-2 player i was talking about he has all of it in spades and uh, tremendous performance. And I would give a, a honorable mention to Ric Flair. Shout out to Booking the Territory with Mike Mills. But I, I would say that I mean Ric Flair could get a great match out of just about everybody. I don't think I think there's been a couple of occasions where maybe he had some trouble. I mean he had to work with Elegante, but uh, not much you can do there. But I mean of course he made Sting on I think it was the first class of the champions. Did it time and time again with a number of different guys a like a selfless guy in the ring would always want to get the other guy over in the process and of course the the promos are beyond compare we talked about the gimmick two weeks ago on this podcast and uh being the rich lady killer no one did it better than rick flair and just his look tremendous it's it, it's tough to, I mean, like you said, the Mount Rushmore, Hogan's up there, Flair's up there. I don't know if Shawn Michaels would make the Mount Rushmore when you're thinking about, but is that, I mean, what's the criteria for Mount Rushmore, would you say? Oh, I don't, it's, it's, I mean, it's very subjective, I guess. I mean, I mean, another, another guy I think you got to mention, and, and he probably falls somewhere in between the, in the vein of, with the work uh, of a Ric Flair, but also the charisma and marketability and sellability was the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. I mean, his you know, ability to connect with, uh, with fans and put butts in seats uh, was maybe unmatched except for Hulk Hogan. I mean, he, he was, you're talking about a guy who was the protagonist counterpart of Hulk Hogan, I, I think at least. Uh, Jason, do you have a second place vote in terms of uh, greatest of all time? I don't know necessarily that I would pick this one, but I think it does bear mentioning, especially um, as Kingpin's pointed out, marketability and butts and seats as being a huge part of, of putting Hulk Hogan on. And you can't really go wrong picking Hulk Hogan as the GOAT in a professional wrestling. I'm not going to argue with that. But that said... There's a guy uh, by the name of Stone Cold Steve Austin who presided over the single biggest boom period in the history of professional wrestling, put the entire business on his back during the Monday Night Wars, the entire company. His feud with Mr. McMahon is probably the single biggest uh, professional wrestling rivalry in history. T-shirt sales off the hook, ratings highest they ever were and ever have been, and attendance sold out everywhere they went. So if that's your criteria, I think you definitely have to include Stone Cold into the mix. And we really want to know what people out there think for the greatest of all time. Let us know what you think at the WPAN on Twitter. Just uh, interact with us. Let us know what you think is the greatest wrestler of all time, the GOAT of pro wrestling. And guys, I promised you I'd give you a little time to just uh, bicker back and forth about the upcoming game, the Super Bowl. uh, And I guess overall, your thoughts, Brian, on the Patriots heading into this game. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm depressed over it. The fact that they're there again, uh, they've ruined football for me. I, I've just come to the realization that uh, they they're going to ruin Red Sox opening day for me more than likely. <laughs> they've they've ruined my life. I I, I really I really really hate them uh, with all my heart, and and I hate their fan base, the uh, the worst fan base in all of professional sports. Uh, I at least respect Yankee fans. Um, I, I would much rather deal with the puffing out of your chest and owning the, the villain moniker, uh, than being crybabies. But, uh, sadly, I think, uh, after Sunday, the Pittsburgh Steelers will no longer stand alone at the top of the heap of Super Bowl championships. I, I think they'll probably be tied, uh, with, uh, you know, the New England Patriots. And Jason, how are you feeling going to the game? You know, it's, it, I don't share sort of the total vitriol of the organization that Kingpin does. Like I said, my issue usually falls with just the fan base and sort of their attitude. Um, like their team created football and nobody ever thought to do any of the stuff they've done in the history of the game. I, I, I think it's going to be a fun game. I'm looking forward to it. 
I don't know that it's going to be quite what the Kingpin thinks it's going to be. I mean, that Rams team is really, really good. Probably better all-around team than what they faced in Kansas City when you factor in guys like Ndamukong Sue and Akib Tlaib and Corey Littleton on defense. But I don't know if I'm getting too deep into the NFL stuff for the WPAN, but uh, I, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. And that's a team that can get pressure on Brady, and that's always been the key to beating the Patriots is to get consistent pressure on Tom Brady. And the Chiefs didn't do it, and they still almost pulled it off because of their offense. And the Rams' offense is pretty darn good themselves. So... Uh, I do, if I'm putting money on it, I have to bet my life on it. I would pick the Patriots just because they've got the experience and the Rams are a pretty young team. But uh, I wouldn't be at all shocked to see the Rams pull one off as as sort of an upset. We talked about the greatest of all time. Brian seemingly begrudgingly is saying that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Are you in that camp as well? I fought it for a very, very long time. And I think it I think it was fitting to fight it for a long time because I think a lot of people wanted to anoint him on that. Oh, to look at it, he's got so many rings and it's like, well, unless he's playing defense, a lot of those rings were won by his defense. So, um, but I think at this point you, you sort of would be foolish to argue with it. I mean, it, his individual play has now reached that level where it's, it's no longer sort of just living off of the victories in the Super Bowls, And he is actually putting up the stats and the numbers that put him in that, that group. And then you add in the rings and it's really hard to deny it at this point. So I think you got to give him the nod at this point. So Jason, do you have a score in mind? <sighs> gun to my head i would probably say 28 23 patriots and brian i'll say 41 31 patriots oh, shootout wow are, are you trying to like reverse psychology kind of thing brian where are you <laughs> you're picking the patriots and hoping that it works against them no i'm completely just def- i'm a defeated man michael i am a completely and utterly defeated man at this point uh you know i i, I hate football Hey, at least the Steelers beat him during the season. I can't even enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> These fuckers are going to go win the Super Bowl, and I can't even enjoy the... <sighs> I need booze. If anything, at least you're going to lose your top receiver. So there's that. Well, thank you. Aren't you a Dolphins fan? I know. I got nothing to cheer for, so all I got to <laughs> do is crap on everybody else's stuff. <laughs> well, that's going to be me in a year. So, But we're, t- we're taking some of that Patriots mojo now with Brian Flores as our new head coach. So, Yeah, I'll see how that works out for you. <laughs> <laughs> but how about those commercials, guys, huh? You mean watching the commercials? The halftime? Who's on the halftime show? Jason, you know? I believe it's Maroon 5, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh, that's going to be fun, huh? That's because uh, Cardi B, she wouldn't stand for being part of the NFL. So, what would what would the halftime show be if Cardi B was there? You know, <laughs> I just hope every year for a wardrobe malfunction, just so everyone loses their mind. You're looking for the uh, lead singer of Maroon Five there. You're looking looking for a wardrobe malfunction. Whoa. <laughs> balls dangling out. <laughs> hey, whatever. You know, I'm not going to judge anybody. Um, was there ever a more overblown story than that whole Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction in Super Bowl history? I mean, it's like people the next day, like, what do I tell my kids? It's like you tell them, hey, that's a boob. If you're lucky, you'll get to see a lot of them through the rest of your life. Congrats. <laughs> like, who cares? It's a big deal out of nothing. No one knows what they saw until everyone plastered it all over everything. Yeah, exactly. And it was covered. She had like a nipple cover over it anyway, so who cares? That's like that's like the idiot's defense for any any anything. Like, what am I gonna tell my kids if right. they see this? Like it's like I, I don't know, that your kids figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to get together and talk to them. It's a shame, but yeah. you're gonna have to uh sit them down. Yeah, God forbid you spend some time discussing something with them. All right, guys. So Super Bowl's coming. Everybody's happy. We talked about the championships. We talked about the greatest of all time. Jason Stewart, really happy to have you here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing proper here for the first time. Tell everyone about the Rundown Wrestling Podcast and the Rundown Wrestling Network. Well, thank you. It's uh, It's been sort of a crazy couple months now at this point. Uh, we were part of Quest End and... They had a lot of other shows going on, but it was more sort of a nerd culture thing. And I, I, we sort of reached a point where it's like, I think we're not getting sort of any benefit in terms of growing our listener base uh, from that affiliation. So um, no no heat there. The great guys it just wasn't working out for us. So at that point, we sort of sat down and went, well, we've got about six or six different shows that we're sort of semi-regularly putting out on our feed anyway. So why don't we just sort of branch off and, and do our own network? 
And it's been, you know, I got to give a tip of the hat here to Troy, who's really been sort of a workhorse for us over there. He's, he's putting out like three shows a week. Um, and by the way, I want I just want you to know, Kingpin was on doing a Ring of Honor preview for us recently, and Troy actually told me that you are the biggest celebrity he's ever talked to. So he was very excited about that. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I, I kind of feel sorry for him. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty special, but, you know, at least my mom always told me I was. There you go. Uh, and it even prompted him to start a new weekly series recapping Ring of Honor that he calls Dishonorable Discharge. Um, but it, it's just been sort of fun, a lot of, lot of learning a lot of new stuff and, and getting our hands dirty with interacting with other podcasts and looking to maybe grow and add a couple people to the team. But yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun and we're having a blast doing it and it's a lot of work. And so far we're seeing some some great results. We launched a new website, which has is, is really helped our numbers and uh, we're doing really well. It's it's part of the show. I always tell people there's a reason we call ourselves the Intentionally Offensive Wrestling Podcast. It's a bunch of guys with six sense of humor sitting around having a conversation about wrestling. And if that's something you're into, I think you're going to enjoy us. If you're looking for your white bread, no curses, sort of just... I think this guy should go over discussion. That's probably not what you're going to get from us. Uh, but if you're looking to talk wrestling and have a couple laughs, we might be the spot for you to check out. And you're still talking about the Raw and SmackDown every week? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we have Oof. condensed it. Now, when I came on, when Adam was was running the show, we were originally, they, they would just recap all the shows, every segment, every week. Uh, so we kicked Adam off, and now he does a show called Making the Grade, where he sort of grades every segment every week. And that's his thing, and more power to him. Uh, but now we've sort of condensed it every week. We do a segment we call The Perfect Ten, where we pick ten topics in the world of professional wrestling and we cover them not necessarily all wwe we, we've been branching out a lot more I'm, I'm sort of more of the indie guy the ring of honor all elite i keep my nose to the to the grindstone as it were in terms of a lot of uh lesser known not wwe ring products so i i've brought that and i think we've tr I've tried to grow that a little more new japan discussion ring of honor like i said um so that, that's sort of become my role a little bit is to cover that stuff but yeah we we do obviously have a heavy WWE centric focus uh, because that's where most of our listeners tell us to go. So uh, big week this week. We'll be talking about the Royal Rumble, always one of the favorites and the takeover. So there's a lot of stuff to cover. And rundownwrestling.com is the website, yes, right? Rundownwrestling.com. And uh, you can check us out. Uh, we have our own Patreon. We have our own channel on Podomatic. All of our shows now are on the website, though. And uh, if you want to listen to anything we've got, we've got a show covering 205 Live. Like I said, we've got one covering Ring of Honor. Uh, we've got a our WrestleMania Salvation series where Sal goes back and watches WrestleMania with today's eye on yesterday's product. Uh, we've got NXT Revisited, both classic and current, where Troy and I cover the weekly product. And then he goes back and covers NXT from the beginning. So uh, Adam's making the grade, like I said. So yeah, we just, if you're looking for interesting topics in the world of professional wrestling, we've got something for you over at rundownwrestling.com. I really feel like I'm uh, underworking right now, Brian. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you're the one saying that, not not me. I didn't say it, but if uh, that's the way you're feeling, Mike, maybe get to work, you lazy prick. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mike, Mike, keep it in mind, I'm also coaching basketball, coaching Little League, and all sorts of stuff, and your, your kid's going to get there at some point, so you, it's just the beginning for you, my friend. All right, we got to kick you off here. I'm going to start feeling really bad. Jason, <laughs> Jason Stewart, thank you so much for coming on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime. So as I mentioned, tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on the episode, your goats, your thoughts on championships and pro wrestling at the WPAN on Twitter. And uh, we want to hear from you through the voicemail line. Call the number. We'll play your voice on the show. 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And we do have a voicemail, Brian. Let's take a listen right now. Crockett, Malonis, it's sunny. It's Monday evening, it's 8 o'clock, I'm in my car on the highway in Manchester, it is 2 degrees, um, the, the only reason I'm calling is because I just need to know that I'm alive, so I figure if I'm talking, I probably haven't frozen to death. So, I just wanted to give you a heads up, let you know that I love the, the uh, topic this week, about the uh, difference of when you guys broke into where it is today, New England Pro Wrestling, and uh, man, what a, what a huge difference it's been. And just think, I mean, I was, again, I broke in 92, first match in 94. How different it is today, uh, man, I, I, 
cool. I'm so jealous of these little fuckers. All right, that's it. I got to go um, keep my teeth from chattering somehow. I will uh, chat with you gentlemen soon. Have a good night. <laughs> One of my favorite human beings yes, on I'm- the entire face of the planet. And we have to get him back here on the podcast soon. Sunny good. Yeah, speed. when I'm here, like I get, I want to <laughs> be on with Sunny. We we'll have a great time. And uh, Sunny recently on with uh, Leo Connors again, and Leo Connors mentioned the wrestling podcast about nothing. Both of them actually talked about the WPAN a couple times. I got to check that out recently on uh, Leo Connors' YouTube page. You can just look up on YouTube Leo Connors and his show, The Ring and All Other Sports. I always know when somebody has talked about me because he tags me. <laughs> he, ta- he tags me on it. Which is almost every episode, I feel like, my name might come up because I get tagged an awful lot, even with some people who I'm like, huh, I don't even know if I know that fella. You're a very important person. <laughs> I am a very important In the person. world of wrestling, especially in New England, Brian. You'd be a future Chaotic Wrestling Hall of Famer right here. You never know. You never <laughs> if know. The, if the, Cross your fingers. If the, car, you know, if, the, if the stars align someday. Boy, was it cold on Monday, Brian, up here in the New England area. It'll be a fucking weather podcast now. <laughs> I'm just going to relate to Sonny here, talking about his teeth chattering and, uh, you know, his balls descending into his body. Well, he's entertaining. He, he entertains when he or he's entertaining when he does it, Mike. Oh, all right. Well, thank you very much, Sonny, for calling in. And you can call in, too. The number is 401-584-9726. 401-584-WPAN. Mike, would you look at this microphone? This microphone is... Really something, huh? It's something special. It's a nice microphone. I'm glad I forced you to buy it. <laughs> you did force me to buy it, you brick. If you heard the wrestling podcast about nothing last week, we were actually recording remotely. Almost sounded like we were in the same room for the first time ever. When are you going to invest in a nice microphone for yourself? I got a nice microphone right here. <laughs> You're rubbish. <laughs> All right. Something that's not rubbish, Brian, is booking the territory with Mike Mills, Harbody Harper, and Doc Turner. That is the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, and they do it twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays. Go to mikemills.podbean.com. They're talking about... I'll, uh, I'll be easy on Mike Mills this week. His football team got screwed worse than any football team in the history of the game of football. And uh, they're signing petitions over there at Booking the Territory. It's borderline cheating, the way they lost. But, you know, uh, I'll take it easy on Mike. Nothing about cheating on this podcast, Brian, when it comes to football. Only when we're talking the Patriots. Oh, boy. Okay, our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast. Joe Murata and Michael Quinn helm that show where they're talking everything classic wrestling. We mentioned last week they are talking about the greatest announcers. They're ranking them. The Royal Rankings is their segment they've been doing for a couple seasons now on the show. And uh, at the top right now, as we speak, is Lance Russell. Lance Russell? Well, they haven't gotten there. They do two at a time. They induct two at a time, and they keep going. They keep going until they have 20 guys. So there's only like six or eight so far that have been inducted. Two more today because they drop on Mondays. There's eight there. I'm surprised Lance Russell's at number one Yeah, with, with that many out. He ousted Joey Styles. A lot of the uh, WWF guys we know and love have not been uh, entered into the fray yet. So... More to come, I'm sure. I don't think Lance Russell will be at the top for uh, the duration. Great segment with Joe and Quinn and a great podcast. Check out ovppodcast.com for more on that. And I want to give a special congratulations to our buddy, our next-door neighbor, PW, Peter Winson, released last Thursday his 100th episode of Greetings from Allentown. Congratulations, PW. Welcome to the club. Yes, indeed. A, uh, a big accomplishment for a podcast to get to 100 episodes. I hope uh, he doesn't fall off after that because, you know, once it's all downhill from 100, I think. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> well, we're still going strong, Brian. We're still going strong. Not according to you. <laughs> All right. Greetings from Allentown. Check it out. He talks about one single episode of wrestling television each and every week. Well, he talks about that. He also talks about uh, sports. There's a lot of sports highlights on the show. There's a lot of talk about weddings, about cats, about uh, college. He went to BU, so he talks about that a lot. And uh, BU? No, BU. Oh. So check out Greetings from Allentown. It is on his own feed or the Pro Wrestling on the feed on Place to Be Nation and the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. We had Jason Stewart on. We talked about that. So rundownwrestling.com for that. Brian, last week on the podcast, Sonny mentioned it. We talked about the changing landscape of New England pro wrestling. And I heard from some people. I heard from Adult, for one, 
Adult was listening. He enjoyed this show. That was good to hear from uh, Adult Mike. He's Mark. alive. He is alive. He's doing well, I guess. I talked to him this week about the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, election results. Oh, really? I did. Yes. We heading back out? Well, yeah. Me and him have been talking about it for, for quite some time now. You, you're going to be allowed to get away? Well, we'll see. Are well, we going to have been the Hall of Shame again? I think, we've been, <laughs> I think we've been the Hall of Shame for eating now for a number of years. <laughs> so that was, that was uh, a couple pizzas. That was um, chicken wings, it right? Was, it wasn't a couple pizzas. It was like a 20-inch like giant pizza. And I think we got like two dozen wings. Plus, I think we got... Did we get a couple pitchers of beer? Oh, must have. And polished it all off. Yeah, there's a picture of it somewhere. We have to all to find it. It was quite a scene, man. <laughs> after the in the aftermath, so, there was no afterglow. It was just after shame. So was the uh, the bathroom in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, we don't have to get into that. But uh, Stephen also checked in at HHH Guy 2004. We talked about main wrestling a lot. Of course, you started out basically your first foray into the. Uh, wrestling scene your first main events anyway were with atlas championship wrestling run of course by mr usa himself tony atlas he says that i once turned on a wrestling program while visiting friends in maine and saw an hbk lookalike wrestle a lance storm lookalike i think it was that nwa on fire program you mentioned and uh as jr would say it was the drizzling shits when i, I saw <laughs> i'm not even kidding it's gonna sound made up but um, I saw that tweet, and then as I often do, I'll go from like, oh, okay, I'm done looking at Twitter, and then I'll go immediately look at Facebook. And at the top now at Facebook, they have like the Instagram stories yeah. on top of Facebook. And the first one was the fake Shawn Michaels guy he was talking about. <laughs> now, let me just ask this. Did the fake Shawn Michaels guy have someone kick him in the face to have the same uh, <laughs> eye resemblance as the Shawn Michaels? Perhaps. Do you think? I don't know. Or was it that he already had the lazy eyes so he thought, I can look like Shawn Michaels? I'm assuming I've met the fake Shawn Michaels somewhere along the line. I'm sure he's a hell of a fella and hopefully a listener of this podcast. But uh... I mean, hopefully not, I think. <laughs> I don't care. What's he going to do to me? <laughs> All right, Mike Mills. We've mentioned him a couple times in this show. At Mike504Saints on Twitter. That's his personal Twitter. He said, Jesus Christ, Mike Crockett, do I really have to come on the show and explain to you what the JYD gimmick is, for fuck's sake? I think he does. <laughs> I mean, you don't get it. So he's an actual dog, is what you're saying. Oh, my God. Mike, I, you know, I'm sorry. I know you're in mourning still. I know how badly your team got hosed, but I think we're going to need an intervention with, with Mr. Crockett here very soon. Uh, so uh, look look for Mike Mills to make his triumphal return to the WPAN very soon to eviscerate one Michael Crockett. He's he's a dog. That's that's the gimmick is that he's an actual mutt. Never, never mind. Uh, so I heard from Max Smashmaster too this past week, and he asked me. He texted me I think before he texted you. Yes, am I am I trying to be a heel? Is what is what he said to me. It's similar. Asked me a similar question. Well, I don't understand. What do you mean? I said, no, he's just legitimately a jackass. I'm a good guy. Are you? I'm a good fella. It's debatable. Debatable at best, I'd say. All right, moving on to uh, my supposed friends, to my best friend, John Morse. He is at J-O-N-S-U-P-R-M-N on the Twitter. He says, time for Tarzan to review a bad pay-per-view. Probably something WCW in 98 where Hogan wasn't on the card, Brian Malonis. I agree. I think we're efforting getting uh, Mr. Tarzan Taylor back on these airwaves. So it's been uh, far too long. It has been. Yes, he's a very tough man to book. But he did. He actually reached out to me and said that uh, he wants to do something. Hopefully, by the time you know WrestleMania season, it's a good season to uh, have him on. Maybe look at an old WrestleMania. So that might be the case. We might uh, try to arrange that. Maybe and we get can have that him done. on for a uh, trucking through the territories too at some point. Yeah, maybe we can do that too, Brian. But uh, it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, literally applying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got dates. Yes, I do, Mike. This Friday night, I'm heading to Lowell, Massachusetts for chaotic wrestling uh, challenging for the New England Championship, looking for my third reign there. No championship more important in the entire company, and I'm so proud to be going for such a prestigious championship. 
even though I've already been to the top of the mountain. Glad you seen what uh, I thought you were seeing it my way, but all championships are important. We talked about that earlier. They are, Mike. They are, especially the New England championship, especially with the lineage of that championship. But Tony Omega is a former champion. (laughs) Christ's sake. That's who I be for it. Yes. (laughs) Check out chaoticwrestling.com for tickets and card information. Then, Mike, I'm heading to uh, sunny Florida. Happy to be heading down there this time of year. Saturday night, February the 9th, I'll be heading to Lakeland, Florida for Ring of Honor's international television taping in Lakeland. And then the very next night, uh, Sunday, the February the 10th, I'll be heading to Miami, Florida, Mike. Bienvenido a Miami. I want to see the kingpin walking down the street in Miami. That's what I want to see. Party in the city where the heat is on all night. <laughs> I don't know if I quite remember all the words, but anyways, the Kingpin's heading to to Miami. Get a floral button-down shirt and really get involved down there. <laughs> yes. Check out rhwrestling.com for full tickets, card information, and for information on Honor Club where you can stream and watch live uh, Ring of Honor's return to Miami, Florida. Uh, and then February the 22nd, Woburn, Massachusetts, Chaotic Wrestling returns com for full ticket and card information and I'll take one more opportunity Mike to promote Astromania Saturday night March the 30th Derry New Hampshire astromanialsw.com for tickets uh, myself and the Beer City Bruiser the bouncers of Ring of Honor fame will be coming to Derry New Hampshire just one week before G1 Supercard how about that bouncers huh they'll put butts in seats I think it will. I think it is already, right? Hell yeah. I like the way you hit Astromania, too. Astromania.com really punctuated it there. I like that. So you gotta, you got you to sell the people, Mike. You do. And if you want to book the Kingpin, if you want to have the Kingpin sell on your show. If you think you can afford it. <laughs> email <laughs> BrianMalonis at Comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at BrianMalonis. It is time for this week's promo about nothing. The year is 2006. Kingpin. And we are going to live action wrestling, The Law. I usually try to stay away from independent promotions, but this one is a little special just because there is an international wrestling star appearing for The Law, L-A-W, and that is the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy. Oh, no. (laughs) Jeff Hardy, this week's promo about nothing. All right, a man that needs no introduction to wrestling fans, Jeff Hardy. Welcome back to LAW. Let me ask you, what brings you back here to law? You know what, man? This is Sanford, North Carolina. This is law territory. Hey, man, check it out. It's the law, and the law is where it's at. So Jeff Hardy is present. So I'm here to check it out. I'm here to rock everybody, and that's what law is all about. LAW. Jeff Hardy. That was the fucking shits. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not wrong. Hey man, check it out. It's the law. <laughs> what is going? Well, I think we know what was going on with Jeff Hardy at this time. Uh, yeah, maybe some things and stuff. <laughs> I think that's why he was on this small independent show and not elsewhere. What, at this what independent show was this, Mike? It's the law. <laughs> L-A-W. L-A-W, the law. And, yeah, you heard the, this is an outtake apparently because at the end, that was the fucking shits. He's not wrong. No. He's not incorrect. Not at all. It's just, yeah. It's You know what? I mean, the next memorable Jeff Hardy promo you hear will be the first. Like Jeff Hardy, <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, Jeff Hardy's one of the. I think I think one of the best performers of the last you know twenty five years. Yeah, just um, had it. Uh, just not his forte, being having a microphone in his face, and and you know we kind of talked about it earlier about uh, you know five tool player. Jeff Hardy's probably a four tool player. You know the 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 one weakness being the microphone, but uh, yeah, that was something special. It was the law. <laughs> oh, man. That's, uh, that's Gordy. That's Gordy. He's stealing Gordy's character from Ready to Rumble. He said it's the law? He's the law. No, he said it's the law. Right? Oh, you're ruining my whole joke. It's okay. You killed it. It's dead. <laughs> just like Jeff Hardy killed this promo, just, dead. Just like my will. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get you on the plane, Kingpin, and get you off to the great state, as you say, of Texas. Yeah, hey, why do you care? I mean, you showed up late, so, you know. 
You'll go get a full night's sleep tonight? Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know how that goes, King Ten. <laughs> well, you heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. We will be back here next Monday for episode 146 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. Bow, 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 bow,